Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Cardigans were a huge success in Europe before they crossed over to the States. Their song Love Fool was a massive radio hit, thanks in part to its appearances in multiple popular films. However, their follow-up singles never connected like they should have. This week, we're joined by JB of the band Bright and Early to discuss the band and why they deserve your attention. All right, JB, well, it's been a long time since I heard your voice, but I'm glad I'm hearing your voice to talk about the cardigans. That was a nice choice, man. Yeah, it's like when I saw it on the list, I was like, all right. Yeah. You a fan? You're a Cardigans yeah. fan, I'm assuming. Yeah, I like that band. Yeah. It's pretty surprising that they are a one-hit wonder with how many bangers that this band has released. Are they technically a one-hit wonder, or are they just a uh, like such a massive hit wonder that all the other stuff pales in comparison to it? Well, on the show, we go by United States charts, and okay. if, you're, if you're judging it off that, they're a one-hit wonder, surprisingly, because of Love Fool, which I like that song. It's a, it's a pretty good song. I think when it came out, it didn't necessarily strike me. T- to be honest, when it came out, I would have gotten that song mixed up with that Sixpence None the Richer Kiss Me song, I think. I think a lot of people did, yeah. Similar. Well, when you dig in a little deeper, you find out they're not that similar of artists, no. but the songs are kind of similar poppy kind of fluffy love songs <laughs> oh absolutely but when you dive into the cardigans a little bit more you find out that, that there's a lot more there oh there's such a like just a wide-ranging band and like they do music in a way that kind of like almost none of the other mainstream artists have done all throughout the past like 20 years i would say i always found that they kind of like had this loungy thing to them but like also all the instrumentation was like filling out the whole song while still only basically being like guitar, bass and drums, maybe a synth or an organ in the background. Yeah, they always have very noticeable and 
well and tastefully used, whether they have strings in the songs or if they have that synth. There's songs where they have those synth sounds that are just like, sound like a razor or something like, oh, yeah. like a razor saw or something. And they're just badass. They're and using these like old transistor organs that, you know, it's not like a normal, like pretty church organ. It's like, like more like the Elvis Costello stuff that a real hard cutting sound and quirky. Yeah. It's great, man. And, uh, you know, when you're thinking about this song, like, like I said, the cardigans, they were a band that I went back on. I'm like that, that was that band that that love me love me song and then mm-hmm. i would hear other songs by them and be like this band's amazing uh-huh. as far as this song goes i mean this song was obviously really huge in the united states mm-hmm. featured on things like the romeo and juliet soundtrack which i never even saw that movie i don't know if you saw that movie yeah no that was a big one they used it in the trailer and it was kind of like the big song and cruel intentions as uh, noted in my notes which that movie <laughs> I, I watched have you watched that movie a at all b yeah. recently uh, not recently, no, but I did back, uh, I'm pretty old. I watched it when it came out. It's funny, like I've seen that movie, not a fan, but whenever I hear that movie now, I go back to American Dad, I think it is, with the fish in the bowl, because uh-huh. <laughs> he has a huge crush on Ryan Philippi. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, that movie is about a stepbrother and stepsister who I guess want to have sex with each other all the time, uh, and then I, they try to like ruin each other's relationships i think that's what it is when i watched it i was like what the fuck is this yeah there was a lot of step brother stepsister stuff going on in the 90s and early 2000s in movies you know that's what the entire plot spoiler alert but i think that's kind of what happens in clueless i think the <laughs> alicia silverstone ends up with her stepbrother who is played by paul rudd i i think i think that's true i could be wrong but i'm pretty yeah. sure that that's true. I don't think they go like super hard on them ending up together, but that that is what they're pushing at the end of that movie. <laughs> Which is pretty wild. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't see that too much minus on uh, maybe porn websites and stuff. Now you don't see it in mainstream movies too much now. No. But, Weird things. Yeah. The cardigans, they're from Sweden. <laughs> to be honest, there aren't a lot of huge Swedish bands that have become big in the United States, minus the obvious ones, ABBA, Ace of Base. (laughs) (laughs) ABBA and Ace of Base, which, to be honest, like, when you hear the cardigans, I mean, it's like a much cooler version, but there's still like this, like, there's elements of ABBA and Ace of Base in the cardigans that I hear. You think so? Yeah, man. There's still, uh, maybe it's... I think maybe you're right on, on terms of, like, the classical arrangement type of thing, and some of the uh textural stuff for sure danceable th- the songs are oh danceable. yeah absolutely there's I, always I, that i hear i definitely hear the comparison of ace and bass and cardigans i mean they're they could have easily been on the same tour yeah and when you look at other swedish bands that have had success in the united states it's not that many there's rock set you know rock set uh, why do I know that? Joyride was their hit. They may have had one other hit too. Like, sorry, you're picking one of the least known rock set songs, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. They did uh, "Listen to Your Heart." Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, everybody knows that. They song. did "It Must Have Been Love." Oh, okay. that was huge. Oh, she actually just passed away recently, didn't she? Yeah. Dang, rock set. R.I.P. Also, the only other two noteworthy Swedish bands or artists that have had success in the United States that I saw were Eagle Eye Cherry, which I didn't even know was Swedish. 
That was a one hit. Yeah, I thought he was a like Southern boy here. Uh, I guess not. And also, <laughs> Rednecks. Who, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't know who Rednecks are, they sang Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, I was gonna say it's their only song, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, and remixes thing, of it. <laughs> a funny thing about that is they do have other songs, and I believe that it was my friend Jim Legrando who manages Punchline and was a guest before on One Hit Thunder who told me that Rednecks was selling their entire catalog minus Cotton Eye Joe that you <laughs> that you could buy <laughs> the entire rest of their catalog for something like ten thousand dollars or something <laughs> that's so, that doesn't seem like a good investment i could be maybe, wrong maybe but it's a good deal i, I don't the know the back catalog to cotton eye joe <laughs> <laughs> not cotton eye joe though cotton eye joe is not included <laughs> oh no i get it it's the early stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the deep rednecks cuts but yeah, yeah exactly. man, when, when it comes to sweden that's about that's about it so the cardigans in my opinion are sweden's greatest musical export of all time yeah i'd agree i don't really know any other swedish bands or artists but wasn't there uh the will ferrell movie just for or film there about swedish bands or was that uh, yeah was that sweden in that movie another nordic country Where's... i like i actually liked that movie <laughs> thought i thought it was, it was great funny. minus the big like scene of whatever all the songs that right. that weird that one weird scene i laughed but nah, with that, they're trying to get a viral hit or something. You know what they do with that. Right. A little, little cardigans history here. They yes, formed in Sweden topic. in 1992. They lived in an apartment together, recorded a demo, and then got signed to a small indie. And then, you know, they went gold in Sweden and Japan in 94, mm-hmm. you know, which led to them getting signed to Mercury Records. And they released that album, First Band on the Moon. That's the album that Loveful is on. And that's a pretty badass album, which one thing that's pretty notable about that album. I don't know. Are you familiar with that album, JB? Yeah, pretty familiar. You like the cover song. Uh, what is the cover? The cover on the album is they do Black Sabbath Iron Man oh, I... in very Cardigans fashion. <laughs> it's pretty badass. And they had this song skyrocketed. It went to hmm, I'm trying to see like what it went to on the charts here. I guess it, oh, it peaked at number two on adult contemporary behind, at the time, Don't Speak by No Doubt. Oh, man. That's almost dominating. It's a great song. Yeah. Around the same time, if you want to know what else was going on at that same time on the charts, was Puff Daddy's I'll Be Missing You and Elton John's Candle in the Wind 1997, which is always coming up on here which I think is complete bullshit because <laughs> the song was an old song that was brought back for Princess Diana's death, but then it ends up being in the charts like crazy, even though it was an old. That song. little era right there was like my whole musical awakening as like a young person. Was it? Oh yeah, ninety-seven. I, I was born in eighty-four, so okay. You know, I was just starting to become like I think I was like, how old was I in ninety-seven? I'm bad at math. Thirteen. Yep. There you are. <laughs> oh, good, good, cool. I was listening to The Offspring, Face to Face, I Had Big Choice. You're a punk. But I was also listening to The Cardigans, Biggie, Wu-Tang. I listened to everything back then. But it's like, I don't know, something about The Cardigans always stood out as like this super musical band where like every part of the band is awesome. The drums are great. The guitar player is like one of the most underrated guitar players 
from that whole music scene, I think. Their guitar player is actually still super active, and he's written for a bunch of other artists. I mean, I think the, the Cardigans are still super active. I was watching music I, videos and stuff just from the past few years. I, I wasn't familiar with some of their new songs. They're great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really, really good. Well, Love Fool had a very sort of memorable in a 90s sort of way music video. Yeah. One thing that I remembered from it, and I see, I saw again today when I watched it was, Nina Person, who is the lead singer of the mm-hmm. Cardigans, has the bluest eyes ever. And I didn't know if that was just people that made the music video. Like the contrast using, of the video. Yeah, yeah, some color, but they seem no, to it's really be true. Blue. Yeah, you can look up other pictures of her. She looks exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. I think that's uh, that Nordic Jean thing. Yeah. Th- their next album came out after this hit, Gran Turismo. They had the song called My Favorite Game, which is an awesome song. Yeah. That's arguably like their other hit. Dude, I swear that that song was used in commercials. I tried oh, to look it up. I'm, so much stuff. Yeah. It's just like one of those songs that you just know. But I was like, I, I don't know like what this was in or what commercial this was in or if, or if it was just played here and there on the radio and I didn't pick up on it. But I nah, just like that was used all over the place. They used that drum and bass riff, the yeah yeah like it's used in so many things it has been i've been hearing that my whole life but it's funny that they made that really awesome music video have you ever seen the music video for that song not in a long time but it got banned from mtv and i think that may have been one of the the missteps that the cardigans made because that song should have been just as huge and that music video was when you watch it you're like wow basically it's Nina in a Cadillac convertible on like a desert road, right. but she puts a big stone on the acceleration pedal in the car and is basically takes her hands off the wheel. Yeah. She's like and, sitting up on the seat, right? Yeah. And she's just recklessly going down the road. Cars are swerving out of the way and crashing and things like that. And it the was label's banned. like, no, it's too reckless. Take it down. Yeah, like, come on, MTV. How weak is that? So, yeah, it got banned from MTV. And then I think that that could have been their downfall as far as U.S. popularity is that at that point, they weren't maximizing on their popularity here anymore. And I I think they were able to maintain enough popularity that they've had a long and great career and released a lot of great music. But I don't think that they are quite the pop stars that they were or could have been following the success of Loveful. I don't disagree with that at all. But I also think that like there's a certain there's like you fit in you get in where you fit in and I think that the Cardigans fill this box of like being the band that all the other bands like. And somebody's got to be the inspiration, you know what I mean? Like who's putting out music that's going to keep inspiring all of the other artists that are out there. And I know everybody does it for each other, but I think that they're one of those bands that kind of stayed, they stayed important to the people who like them. You know what I mean? Like a lot of uh, artists kind of start to change and they're like, Oh, let me try this other sound and let me, I don't know. They, they give up or they do whatever they do. And then, you know, the fans start to fall off, but I don't think Cardigan's fans have like fallen off. Yeah. And I think that that's a pretty good point about, there's a lot of artists that achieve some sort of mainstream success and it can be off of one song, which we've talked about on this podcast before, but then can use that success and resources that having that success provides, whether that is enough money to 
I don't know, have your own studio or be able mm-hmm. to afford to keep touring and keep making albums and things like that. And then are able to have a long career because of that. You'll see the the one hit wonders who just have that hit and then fall off forever. But then, you know, you have people and not that, you know, someone that comes to mind for me, who's one of my all time favorites is Ben Folds, who arguably Brick, Brick is was the, his, yeah, Brick was the hit was the one major hit. And he had other like minor he had hits, army, army and definitely right. other stuff. But he's managed to have a whatever, a 30 some year career because brick set that off for him you know it's and, better uh, to be a plateau than a spike you know i, I think or a steady rise or yeah you definitely don't want that that big fall like you'll see on so many one hit wonders and i i believe i've always believed that my band and i'm sure you feel that this way too that if you had that mega success and had that I don't know that windfall of money and notoriety that comes with that, that you'd be able to stretch that out for as long as you want to I'll Uh, just start writing and writing and writing and ready for a head bangingly good time. Dive into the world of heavy metal with the brutally delicious podcast here. We don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Never have to do anything. Ah, it'd be great. Like right now, I spend so much time uh, making art for other people or using my uh, talent to make things for other artists or other companies and it's like, if I was able to have enough money to do that all the time for myself, like, I don't know where I'd be right now, you know? It would be the greatest, man. And that's yeah, why that's when you see some of these artists, and they don't all do it, but there's definitely been people and, and artists and bands that we've talked about on here who kind of resent that one hit. <laughs> <laughs> and you just want to be like... I've been that guy plenty. I think that comes when you have an artist that's been established for a while and has created like a huge underground fan base and then their hit betrays all of the previous sound and vibe. You know, I mean, like, I think that's really when people reject it because when they like when Newfound Glory got a hit off their uh, their first, I think it was a self-titled with uh, hit or miss. Are, yeah, I'm, to you and me, I think it's hit or miss, but I think My Friends Over You is like oh, okay. considered like the big one amongst the whole fan base. But that song was like right in line with all the other stuff they had put out before. So everybody's like, yay, newfound, good for you. Same thing with right. Blink-182. Blink-182 did What's My Age Again, and it was still kind of like Damn It and all the other funny stuff. So that everybody's like, yeah. But then when it's like, I don't know, AFI. Oh, okay. AFI put out Sing the Sorrow or whatever, and everybody was like, what is this? Yeah, I I guess I could see that. 
you know, in my opinion, that was their best stuff. But I guess that's a little little different than the skate punk AFI that. Uh, yeah, know. they were just belting it and like not caring about sounding nice or it was like super raw and punk. And then they put out like a very produced album. And it doesn't make the album bad. It's just it's going to create different fans. And then when the counterculture, the underground's like, oh, well, this was our thing. And now we're sharing it with people we don't like. <laughs> well, I'm done on this. Right. You know, and that kind of goes that way. Yeah, I get that. I still think that you and I wouldn't complain about a freaking hit. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not (laughs) saying that I I back that thought. I'm just, it's more like an observation. Right. Do you hear the Cardigans influence on any current bands? Oh, like crazy. Yeah. Like, did you know that the guitar player from the Cardigans has been just like cranking out hits in the mainstream for years? No. Oh, dude, he wrote, like, Ariana Grande songs, Ellie Goulding. Wow. Uh, he wrote Starboy by The Weeknd. No way. Yeah, he wrote dude. the Troll songs with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, go to his wiki. You'll be amazed. He's wow, just been... man. I had no idea. Yep, Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, what Carly Rae song did he do? Uh, it says Emotion. I really like you. Oh, my God, dude. That yeah. song's incredible. If so you're, this, <laughs> my point is this guy has been deeply ingrained in the DNA of like American mainstream pop. Yeah. Since the nineties. Dude, a lot of these a lot of the weekend songs from Starboy, which makes sense now that, you know, Starboy was such a to be honest, not Did my I favorite weekend my stuff because it was a lot more pop than like the sexy, grimy, older weekend songs. I love the Daft Punk song. Yeah, that song's good. Yeah, that song's good. But uh, oh, look at these these Uh Ariana Grande songs too, man! Wow. Imagine having that catalog under your belt. (laughs) Wow, that's like recently we did an episode about uh, Semisonic, and Dan Wilson from Semisonic has written like an insane amount of pop songs. You'd have never known, right? No, I would have never known that. Oh, and this guy. Speaking of Eagle Eye Cherry, he even wrote he even wrote several <laughs> Eagle Eye Cherry songs. Yes, his, he did. His fellow Swede. He's got One uh, Direction. Oh, he wrote Breathing by Ariana Grande too. Damn. Yeah, this dude's a beast. So yeah, yeah sometimes you don't even realize the influence that these people are having on popular music, even when you don't know it's them. Yeah, and I mean, like to have a career like that, just the longest time. So it's like when. People talk about like, oh, the cardigans didn't make it. It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know I what would, I mean? Like, you, yeah, you get- they definitely have. And even regardless of how many, I don't know, top 40 hits they had in the United States, they definitely have had a long career. And you could just type them into YouTube and see so many, I don't know, high production value music videos, which is a weird thing to judge, yeah. like how many hits a band has. But to have the money to make those, Somebody you got to be having some it, right? success. That has to be coming from somewhere. You know, it's like, it's. It, I heard you guys talk about something uh, one time about having a small percentage of the country to be successful. And it's like, a band like the Cardigans has a small percentage of the world. And right. it's like, when you approach it on an international thing and you have like half a half of percent of the people on the planet uh, streaming or buying your stuff... Like you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so crazy what little percent of the population you need 
to like your music to be mega successful. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's even crazier sometimes to consider how small some of the markets or music scenes are because and, and, they can feel huge, like they're worldwide. But right. then you see like how much of the people there are on the earth and how many of them know about this type of music or that type of music. It's like, oh, right. so I ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy too when you see like you and I both come from like the punk rock world for better for a better yeah. way to put it like yeah. we're not maybe we don't have mohawks but that's touring music scene underground yes. music yeah well i mean yeah. it's funny recently i described it and i think this is probably the best way to put it because it's not necessarily you and i don't yeah our guitar tones a lot of times were distorted beautiful. guitars bullshit like, you had beautiful bass tone and yeah, i i true. loved my guitar tone I, true but I'm saying, like, in general, would be lumped into punk rock, even though oh, we're, sure. not, we're not necessarily railing against the government in our music, even though we, granted, we absolutely should be. <laughs> yeah, not but, outwardly, at least, for sure. Yeah, but it's a lot of, a lot of love stuff in there and, and whatever. But what I think a better description of the world of music that we come from is bands and vans would be yeah. a, a good way to put it. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of different styles that... Uh, hey, they've got we, Yacht Rock. I mean, you need Van Rock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been in the Van Rock scene for a very long time. And you're right. Like, it, it's not that big of a world. It's almost frustrating when you think about it. It's like, how did, <laughs> how did I not figure out how to conquer that world that's not that big? <laughs> you know, a lot of times, too, you know, and this isn't, this isn't talking about myself, but it, it can be when I'm talking about someone like you, who I hold in such high regard as a songwriter and as a voice. Oh, thank well, you, I man. do. I do. I very much do. But it's a lot of times, dude, there's factors behind it that you don't see with the naked eye. And one of those main things is, dude, how many people that are in huge bands do we not know whether they had like a rich parent <laughs> who was oh, able that. to like provide them with advantages that maybe our our bands or some other band that we know that's really great that didn't achieve the success that we believe they should have didn't have available to them <laughs> you know it's always kind of like there's always something i think i think when you have all the talent and you have this and that then you don't have the money and right. then when you have all the money sometimes you don't you might not have the talent and right. it's very rare that everybody has all of it and i think that it's about just going out and getting it because it's like if you've got the stuff and you've got the songs and people believe in it and you can prove that to yourself and other fans, then it's really just about pushing forward and believing and just kind of making it happen through any means. And, you know, like hip hop artists, they'll, they'll go sell drugs sometimes and they have, and they'll rap about that. And it's like, nothing's going to stop them from making a career out of what they want to do. And I'm not saying that people should go sell drugs, but I'm saying like, whatever it may be, you just got to do it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that, there, there's a certain amount of luck that oh, goes there's always luck too. for sure. There, I mean, luck is a huge factor. I think you have to acknowledge it. But like, the one thing that all those like super, I'm not one of those like super like ultra positive people all the time. I'm, I consider myself a realist and somewhat of a pessimist. <laughs> right. You know, but like, if you write, uh, this is what I was going to ask you, and I don't know if this is what you were getting at. Do you think, especially now when all songs are at everyone's fingertips at all times in their pockets. Do you think that if you write a truly amazing song, 
that it will reach the masses or do you think that there's just too many songs out there and it's and it's going to stay secret it's going to stay a secret <laughs> i might be just like a, a romantic about it but i believe that good songs will always rise just because people listen to them and they keep going like i still listen to artists that you know they've gone on to do other things but it's like if the song matters to me then it's like it's going to be part of my like song memory you know and like you right. go back to things and that's just how it works and i think and we were talking we, i remember we were talking about luck and it's like i think that with all the good stuff out there it's like a lot of the catchiest things are going to grow but then like for me one of the my favorite bands is phantom planet right and they have so many good songs but everybody knows them for the one california song you know right. But like they have that song that's like, you're always up to no good, which has been used in tons of different commercials and things like that. They've been lucky, but where's their massive success? You know, like where's all that? And I think that sometimes luck is the only factor in making some of these artists popular because that's a, you know, that's a good looking band with money and a hit, but they keep putting out songs and where's the blow up? You know what I mean? Well, you know, that's that's an example of a band that has probably been able to maintain one way or another. They, they have been able to have a music career. And I think sometimes that's part of it, too, whether y you have to have your fingers in a lot of things, you know, and it's funny. True. It's very rare that you're able to just be an artist. You have yeah. to be an artist, but you also have to know. You also have to be a booking and, agent. And you have to be yeah. a um, a video editor, and you have to be a podcast maker. And you also have to have taste. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. That too. You know, that's a big part of it. Is like you could be the best guitarist in the world, or the best singer, but if you're making lame stuff, <laughs> which I know a lot of people who I can, who I could call out on this. But no, like, we don't need to do that. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do that. But I'm saying like, you know, you'll, you'll see people that are just have all the talent in the world. I like people I want to shake and be like, I wish I had your talent, but just using it in the wrong way. You know? Yeah. It's a matter of opinion, I suppose. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, everything is. Yeah, true. Yeah. But, but I, I think that what, you and I would probably agree with is to make art and music that is sincere and from the heart and not just trying to. Well, yeah, I think that the thing with music is it's, it's like a conduit of a connection between the artist and the fan or the listener. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're making music, that's truly like you put your thought into it, you put your heart into it, you believe in it and you feel it somebody on the other end of that's going to feel it and without doing that it's like you might put out something catchy and somebody might like it but if you're not actually putting your soul into it then it it's got a you know it's got a shelf life right no yeah. I, absolutely i mean i think that's all i'm getting at is like style aside like i'm sure there are styles that i'm more uh inclined to listen to but it, 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 yeah. it could be it could be a country song but if it you know, and I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm a country fan, but if it's a song, if it's a truly great song and it, you can tell it's sincere and came from the heart, then I'm going to respect and, and probably like it <laughs> if it's, yeah, a, if it's same. a well, if it's a well done song, you know, but, uh, speaking of this, man, what have you been working on lately? <laughs> I've been, uh, working on a project with my buddy, Ben Roth. Yeah. It's called Nash Waters. Yeah, dude. It, you sent me songs. I've sent <laughs> you some stuff. Yeah. They're great. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's still just like we're 
we're taking it slow and just like putting it together in a way that feels right and not trying to force anything. Uh, he's also in a band called Yumi and Everyone We Know, and they've been writing an album. So, like, you know, everybody's kind of busy with stuff, and I have my own stuff too. I've been working with a couple people. I've been working with Steve. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's important is just keep creating. Always. Always, man. I mean, Always. when I was young, I never thought I'd be working on like pop music or hip hop or any of those types of things. And it's like, I always listen to it, but how do you know you're going to not be in a band or not feel like making the same type of music you've been making for your whole life? You know, like you just don't know until you feel a certain way. And then when you do, like sometimes that can be really empowering and push you forward. Hell yeah, man. Well, anyway, man, it's yeah. nice talking about the cardigans with you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I haven't talked to you in a while and, and I'm glad that we got to, uh, we got to bond a little bit over this awesome band. I've been listening to them all morning in preparation for this podcast. And, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate you having me on. I miss you. Yeah, me too, man. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafaios of Punchline, Peck, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Getting There is Getting By off the Punchline debut album, Action. Matt and Chris are excited to announce our new company, We Know Podcasting. If you have always wanted to host a podcast but don't know how to get started or want feedback on your current podcast or just need someone to edit your shows, we're here to help. Contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for our rates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network. Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.